0: guess who's back? Back again. Jersey Joe's back. Somebody tell a friend. He is back for a two-part crossover as we're going to talk about free agency and potential trade rumors for New Jersey Devils and Jersey Joe also is going to give us some insight for some of the Devils' top prospects and what the future holds for the Devils organization. It was too much to jam into one episode so once again this is going to be a part two crossover. Part two will be posted tomorrow but I hope you enjoy part one. Buckle up everybody.
1: You're locked on Devils. Your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. Bordeaux got the pot what a shot. The Devils win the Stanley
1: Cup!
0: All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils Podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Shockey, play by play announcer, and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. I am joined alongside my friend, who should really be my co-host at this point, recurring (laughs) guest (laughs) of this show. It's Jersey Joe. Jersey Joe, how are we feeling today? There's so much going on these last couple weeks for the Devils. You know, we talked about your boy, uh, Simone Nemetz. We talked about um, basically the, the possibilities of what the New Jersey Devils can do going forward. We did this huge Twitter space with the Brad Pack, Devil's State of Mind, Pucks and Pitchforks, every Devil's uh, personality out there. And here we are right now. <laughs> Could we get Matthew Kachuk? Well, kind Oof. of a long shot, but you know we'll see what happens. But Jersey Joe, where do we start?
1: All right. First off, I want to say hello to everybody. Welcome back from the Twitter spaces, from the New Jersey Devils Family Cooperative of Entertainment. So I know that's a mouthful, but you know this. I just tweeted out uh, just a few minutes back that uh, Cap Friend, not Cap Friendly, but uh, Evolving Hockey actually projects Matthew Kachuk to have an eight-year, $11.5 million contract. Meanwhile, Jesper Bratz looking at for a four-year deal and a projected over $5 million. Now, with that being said, with uh, with ongoing arbitration rights and all that stuff, do we think Brat will sell, settle for that money? Maybe, maybe not. But will there be some performance bonuses thrown in there? Absolutely.
0: I say this. Okay, so I said this in a recent episode. I said that I think Brat's going to like ask anywhere in the – six million dollar range just because i you know he sees kevin fiella's deal he sees um what alex debrinke could potentially get he saw brock besser's deal so i think that's where we stand with jesper bratt obviously when we're doing this recording uh bratt is still unsigned uh arbitration uh, hearing has not occurred doesn't occur until late july usually it's very rare that it gets to the hearing process but I said it in, in a recent episode, which um, I don't think this is like a red flag for New Jersey Devils. I just think this is just a way to get the ball rolling even more. And Brat and uh, the Devils organization is just sitting down and just basically like, OK, we want a deal. But now that Matthew Kachuk is possibly out of Calgary, it's not confirmed, but, it you know, the writing is on the wall. I said it in a silly season episode. My expectation let's not focus on Matthew Kachuk because I feel as though we're just falling into that same pit that we did just a few days ago with Johnny Goodrow, which was, we were like, okay, we're only one of a few teams that can put uh, that could obtain Goodrow and look what happened. We got burned. So it's like, let's not put all our eggs in one basket. Let's just focus on the priorities at hand, which is get Jesper Bratt back and then we'll work from there. Obviously, I would love to have Matthew Kachuk on this team, but the chances of him coming to the New Jersey Devils, while it is hypothetically possible, I just don't think it's likely.
1: I will say this. Uh, from a recent post by Matt Junio, a good buddy of mine from Fox and Pitchforks, your fellow writer, uh, I have to agree with him. It's a blessing in disguise um, because it could have ended up being like a Mike Camilleri albatross, and I will say this. I have to agree. And who knows if Goudreau wanted to play with
0: New Jersey. I know he had the spit and
1: chiclets thing. I don't buy it um, one well, bit according, because.
0: According to Ryan Novozinski, he said that um, in, in one of his more recent articles, he said that basically Johnny Goodrow was trying to work out a deal with the New Jersey Devils because the Flyers w- weren't budging. They couldn't get the money to obtain them. But then Columbus just swooped in at the last second. And just said like we got a contract for you, and he told his agent, "I want to go there." So, you know, when we say Columbus was a wild card team in the Johnny Goodrow sweepstakes, they were an absolute wild card. No one was projecting Johnny Goodrow to go to Columbus. I bet Columbus fans themselves were projecting at Johnny Hockey, but at the last minute, they swooped in and signed him. So, I believe, I believe. Well, you know, there's a lot of conflicting reports, but. I do honestly genuinely believe that the devils did have a better chance than what people are giving them credit for. Cause I'm sure his top option were the flyers, but you know, New Jersey, it, technically I know he's from South Jersey and he associates more with Philadelphia because that's a, when you live in like uh, South Jersey, where he's from, like, I believe he grew up in Salem, which is about mm-hmm. not, not too long a drive from Philadelphia compared to Newark. He has more association with the city of Philly, <clears throat> than he does with Newark. So, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, New Jersey is still his hometown state. And you mm-hmm. know, when people say like, "Well, would he want to play with his rival or something like that?" There are probably a good amount of athletes who ended up playing with um, a rival team, like in the future. Like maybe they grew up idolizing one team, but they ended up playing for you know their favorite team's rival. Like you know, if it. If the fit is correct, then why not? Like it's like, you know, um growing up, I love the Detroit Tigers. They were my favorite baseball team. And if I were <laughs> to make it to the MLB, who was our well, I guess as a kid, the, our biggest rival were the Cleveland Guardians, formerly called the Cleveland Indians when I was growing mm-hmm. up. If the Cleveland Indians were to offer me a contract hypothetically, I would be an idiot not to take it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and I
0: mean, Cleveland is close to Detroit, you know?
1: Right, and also you could have played for the Toronto Blue Jays. But anyways, we're not a baseball podcast. Yeah, no. no. Will,
0: just, just giving that example, I, I used to play college ball. That Just giving that example.
1: I used to play a little bit from high school ball, but played a lot of like middle school and recreational baseball with Nick Ahmed. And we're both a year apart, but we, I stayed back a year, so we played T-ball together. And we're a few years older than Frank Vetrano, the New York Rangers from East Long Meadow. Uh, so that's kind of why it was pretty hard for me to root for Vertrano when he joined the Blue Shirts but anyways we're not a Blue Shirts podcast yeah, we're, i'm just we're, talking about another Massachusettsian
0: yeah we're we're getting a little off track so basically Johnny Goodrow could have signed with the New Jersey Devils didn't went to the Columbus Blue Jackets and now here we are like a week or two later with an opportunity to possibly get his teammate Matthew Kachuk who also had a very good season with Calgary and he and Johnny Goodrow were a two-headed monster up in Calgary. Like, they mm-hmm. were the, the top point-getters for their respective team. And I was just like, look, I would love Matthew Kachuk, and I think he and Tom Fitzgerald are, in fact, family. I think they are related. I believe they're cousins. Yes, they are. Yeah, okay, so, good. I, I knew for a fact they were family. I just didn't know in what aspect. So, they're, they're cousins. So
1: here, here's how it works. You have the father being keith kachuk and then you have his cousin tom fitzgerald on the irish side and then you have uh, mr kachuk himself is ukrainian american so on that paternal side he is indeed ukrainian american and then you have uh that other half being the irish and that's the fitzgerald hayes line so That is why Jimmy and Kevin Hayes are all related to the Fitzgeralds uh, in that sense. Now, back to the Kachuks, uh, the way it's pronounced back in Ukraine. It's the way you you look at uh, Keith's kid and Matthew. He plays like his father. He's a power forward, big, burly guy, Sasquatchy, good skater, power moves, If you look at his advanced stats I sent out to you guys on Twitter, you'll see a few days back before I went up north for a little bit, you'll see why I called him elite because he's in that high percentile, that 90 percentile that most players do not fetch. And he's also a really good defender as well. So that makes him even more coveted. And that's why he's going to get paid more money along with being a finisher and someone who does well
0: in the playoffs as well. Look, I would lo- like I said, I would love to have Kachuk on this team. I just don't, like, what are the chances that we get him? Like, I feel like we have the assets, and according to my friends at Pucks and Pitchforks, we have the money, but we're, we're going to have to be a little, how would I say it, unique with it. We're going to have to be creative with it and how we, like, make enough room to get Kachuk, and, and what would the trade package look like? So I, I would presume that the first-round draft pick in next year's draft is going to have to play a factor, Jesper you Bratt. Mean this year?
1: You mean this year in twenty twenty three is going to have be top ten protected? You might have to throw in Jesper Bratt. You yes, might sir. have to throw in Mackenzie Blackwood. I said and that. You I, might, said that you might. I said that in my
0: season. I said that in my silly you? season episode. I said that first round draft pick, Mackenzie Blackwood, Jesper Bratt, and who who else did I say? I think I said a third person. Maybe Dawson. Andreas Johnson. My, I, I I I don't think it was Andreas Johnson, but. Definitely. Definitely. That's also a factor. Damon Severson well. throw in there. Damon Severson. There we go. Damon Severson. There. He's from,
1: he's from the Alberta Saskatchewan area. So it makes sense but for a Western, Western Canadian to be back in there. Who's a good right hand defenseman.
0: The thing is, is like, I think we would have to trade Damon Severson to get some, you know, draft picks and then use those draft picks to get Kachuk. So like get a third team involved. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to have to be similar to the Kyle Turris situation, except not be that atrocious. Um, that's why we really don't see many third uh, way deals happen. It's because you just don't know how it all breaks down evenly. So, back to what we were talking about between the Brat and Kachuk situation. If Brat does say yes to a deal, I see Damon Searson getting dealt. Why? Because we got John Marino in that deal recently sending Ty Smith. and you and I both said it last time around where Ty Smith should be sleeping with one eye open, gripping his pillow tight, and I know I'm saying that's because of Andrew Sandman. But you know if if I was making a a, a cut list, like I said to you while back, Ty Smith does not make my cut. and I live by it and I'm proven right. You're proven right.
0: Thing is like, I didn't like Ty Smith and you're correct about that, but I didn't think we would give up on him this early. Like, you know, he's still very young and could still develop into something special. It's not like he was Zaka and, and has been playing for a while. And it's just at this point, a lost cause.
1: Right. But at the same time, you're playing the return on equity game. So the Devils saw a potential in moving him. Meanwhile, you have all these other defensemen banging on you know the hiring door per se. Like Nikita Ohotu could easily be banging uh right in preseason to take that spot. Yeah, Kevin, and Kevin Ball. Ball's there. Yeah, so Ball. Luke. Hughes. So really you you got these guys saying, listen, Fitz, I really want that
0: job. Get me in. Before we continue with today's episode, I want to bring you guys the first and only library this morning, and it comes for our friends at BetOnline. So BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, NASCAR, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sport wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have everything you need. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions happening today. BetOnline where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Bets for all your betting needs there as well. Okay, let's get back to our discussion with Jersey Joe. Take it away. That is correct, because we were talking about, like, at the conclusion of the season, we were talking about some players who could potentially make the roster. I would say that Kevin Ball, Nikita Ahotuk would be bubble players, not guaranteed to make the roster, but definitely have a legitimate chance, depending on how they do in preseason, training camp, all that Uh Simone Nemetz you know it's just like I'm not trying to rush the kid or anything he could definitely have an impact for the New Jersey Devils on the uh defensive side of things I do want to see him uh improve on his offensive game a little bit because I know he did well on the offensive side of things during his playoff run but during the season and during his years uh, of playing overseas it was like he didn't generate that many goals so I would like to see him improve in that regard
1: Right. I, I know it's going to sound like a silly season thing, but I see Dougie Hamilton coming back, playing at least a minimum of 62 games, maybe 75 games and getting between 35 and 50 points. And I would be very happy to see him break into that 18 goal mark. If he, if he can be that power play guy and, Marino, I'd like to see him be the guy that increases the productivity on the penalty kill and helps Lindy Ruff fight another day, every other game. So, plus we got Burnett, who's the uh, power play coach and the offense coach.
0: Associate uh, assistant coach.
1: And heir apparent to Lindy Ruff, so... With that being said, I'm not saying think, we're going to fire I, him.
0: I got to ask you this question. Do you think Andrew Burnett is set to take Lindy Ruff's position? Because I'm not sure if you listened to one of my episodes or not, but I mentioned you in it. And I said that you see mm-hmm. Lindy Ruff moving over to maybe. I like, heard. Yeah. Moving over to like development coach or mm-hmm. a scout or, or working in the front office in some sort of honorary role. And right. You got Andrew Burnett who's had success with the Florida Panthers. Maybe he's set to be the next head coach for New Jersey Devils next year when Lindy Ruff's uh, contract expires. Do you see that happening potentially?
1: Yeah, I do see the writing on the wall. It may
0: not be right now.
1: Now, if things wet the bed, at least you'll have the situation Brunette did when John Quinville had a certain situation. Need I bring up the Kyle Beach situation, which is a very touchy subject for that community. So anyways – I think Brunette is set to become the long-term Devils head coach. And with him being a Jack Adams guy, I believe he will be the man who will will grow the, the daddy pants per se and wear them again and get the Devils back to where they need to be contending and pressing on every other player's buttons. And if you don't press each player's buttons, whether it's a Dougie Hamilton or a Marino, or a Sharon Govich. Who knows if Sharon Govich does get moved in a package to bring home a better player? But the Devils definitely need to keep on building that top three, top four lines. Now, let's say Zetterlin gets re signed. We get Wood back. We get um, Palat rolling. You have just about everyone who's a finisher, big, strong guy, clutch guy can play the dirty work to, you know, keep teams like the Rangers at bay. We can win uh, a good one and a half points per game, maybe two points on most nights. If goaltending is getting a breather from the defense, I'm, I'm breathing that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't think the devils were as bad as people made them out to be. They just got very unlucky. You put on your hat too. Got to put on my thinking cap guys, team USA. Uh, gotta rep jack hughes in some sort of association now um, Eyes in there. i don't think the devils are as bad as people have made them out to be i just feel as though if you're a casual fan you see their record you see the overall stats you're just like this is a terrible team but diehard fans who watch the games religiously like you and me mm-hmm. we know that's not really the case we know that In reality, and I know a lot of teams had to deal with COVID. I know a lot of teams have dealt with injury. But I feel as though the Devils would be in a much, much, much better position had they not had to deal with any of that. Because look what happened in late December and also January. Rally cap time, really?
1: Yeah, got to. Because you know what's going to happen. Devils are going to play a lot of offense. And it's going to help score some uh, go-ahead goals. And it's going to allow guys like Vitek Vanacek. And the reason why I did the rally cap is because the Devils are going to have a big, fruitful season offensively, thanks to Burnett. And it's not going to be like you're going to deal with Mark Reckey like from last year. You can't get any worse than that. It's just nuts. But I may look nuts, but the ideas of the thinking cap, the rally cap, will help. And if Devils fans can do the rally cap at the game, I think they should.
0: <laughs> I think we're going to be much better. I think it's going to be a big offensive year for Devils because offense wasn't really their problem. It was defense, I would like to say. Because <laughs> it, 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 they couldn't stop anyone. It, like I said it in a show, you, you can't score five goals and then give up six. Like if you score five goals, it's just like, That's a really great offensive uh, unit. That's actually really great. I would argue to say that the Devils were one of the best offensive teams in the entire league from December through January, quite honestly. I don't know the exact metric, but I I believe they weren't really far off. They scored a lot of goals during that time span, and all that had to be credited towards Jack Hughes, what he was able to do, Nico Heischer stepping up his game. But what happened was goaltending. Like if we scored five goals – our goaltenders would give up six. So it's just like our offense carried our load. Now it's just like with Vitek Vanacek, him signed to a three-year deal, it's just like what's going to, how is this going to work out? Because I said out of all the goalies, the Devils probably had on their radar from Braden Holpe, Darcy Kemper, Vitek Vanacek, uh, Billy Husso. I said, Billy Husso, and Vitek were would be the more realistic options for the Devils to pursue. And we got Vitek Vanacek at a trade, signed him to a three-year deal. Some people are happy about it. Some people are not so happy about it. I personally think signing him to three years and uh, for what we're paying him, I think that's actually a pretty good deal and a pretty good investment for New Jersey Devils. Now, we just got to see how he translates his game from uh, Washington, D.C. to New Jersey, just because – Uh, you know, we're not the capitals, like he's not working with the capitals, so the capitals are a playoff team, we're a rebuilding team on the come up.
1: Yeah, there's a springboard effect, and you're talking about it right now. And the way I believe is that the devils have a really good system. If Mackenzie Blackwood can stay healthy and barring any knee, not knee, but you know, heel injury I think, stuff. I think,
0: I think Lindy Ruff or Tom Fitzgerald stated that McKenzie Blackwood is now healthy.
1: Well, that's what we hope so. I mean, fingers crossed. I mean, I'll, I'll listen to what the higher-ups say, but for me, from the fan and scout perspective, you don't want the injury bug to come back. And if, if we have the right kind of voodoo going, the good juju, that will be great because now the maybe the Devils can get some really important wins up their sleeve. And, you know, we, ha- we heard in the Twitter space where, oh, how are we going to make up for those last 37 points? Well, the Devils could easily cut that back just by having, let's say, 18 of those going towards Vanacek. And then maybe a couple extra of the others go towards – uh, Mackenzie Blackwood stealing some games now. With that being said, they might need Nico Dawes to come in when, let's say, if everything's good and gravy, they can give the two guys a night off and allow Dawes to step in for a few games and be like,
0: which I'm cool with. I'm cool with because I mean, I, I'm cool
1: with that. I mean, I'm not Tom Fitzgerald, but I'm just saying, is this if the Devils make it past. American and Canadian Thanksgiving, and they're in the top 16, not in the draft lottery. I'm talking in the playoff hunt in the East. This is where you want to be in that top eight, because if you're in that top 16, you're doing good. And when you're in the top eight of the East, don't worry, because your odds of making is almost 80%. Now. If the Devils can keep healthy or somewhat like Pittsburgh last year and have a lot of depth and keep on rolling, then we'll be just fine. I mean, I'm more optimistic this year, but I'm still being cautious. But I'm not, like, pessimistic. "Uh, We're going to lose because we have a bad goalie situation.
0: You see that fan who announced his, um, his retirement from the Devils organization? Yeah. What a bum.
1: Sore loser. You know what? Le Hugh Zeher. That's what Jim Carrey once said on Ace true What a
0: what a freaking
1: Lehu Zeher. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's just that's just me.
0: I would have to agree with you. I think a lot of devils fans uh agree with you in that sort of sense, but um What's, the, what's the, the pipeline looking like for the Devils in terms of young guys? Who are you expecting to have an impact?
1: Well, I mean, if you look at the Devils per se, you look at the guys that are on the cap friendly. So you let, let me give a little side note to some people who haven't uh, listened to Shakir Muhammad Doolin. So Muhammad going to, spend another year back on loan in uh salavat ula ulayev rather so salavat ulayev has really. his uh his loan contract and he's still in on an ELC with a double so he need, he just needs a little bit more time. I mean remember the, the Russian calendar is a little different from the Julian calendar where it's the Gregorian one. So the season starts a little earlier. In the KHL, so I really see Muhammad doing uh, doing just fine. I don't see him having a down year, and if he does, it's likely because of the uh, the situation in Russia e- economically. But other than that, um, Devils fans should be more focused on if they're looking at the right-handed defense core. Look at Riley Walsh. He's the he's the slap shot guy. He's the guy that boxes teammate at Harvard. Exactly, and he's the type of guy you want to have. I mean, he's going to be better than Mark Fain, but I will say this: Topias Viland, if he has a really good camp, who knows if he uh, he he stays at the college route or he goes and plays in the minors? But his status says in the minors. So, Michael Vakouevich, uh, another good bruiser, good physical guy can you know be a good scorer from time to time but i think he's not too far off from being a bubble guy that gets to the nhl so if the young croat uh canadian can pull it off i would be very happy to see him do it i mean he's only what 19 years of age no 21 so i mean he's he's not too far off but defensemen take a little time so I think he's just on the cusp and I think if he just starts in Utica and he gets called up, that's wonderful. If he can, uh, steal some games, but, um, another guy is, of course, we talked about the big Sasquatch himself, Hercules, Kevin ball, the big ball guy, long stride, big baller brand ball dozer balls
0: out. Bob the bull, the, the Bob, the Bob, the bulldozer. Yeah. There we go. There we go. I, try. I know. Tongue twister. I, I tried,
1: but he's got that long reach. Like to me, he's, he's like our version of Zetano Chara, that size, that reach, that stick. He can bomb it if he wants. And he had a fun time against Arizona where he used to be drafted by. So um, if he can play like he did like that, I would be freaking happy to be a coach of his um, or even his own father if that was the case but uh, the one guy that I really love the most out of these guys is Nikita Ohotuk the kid is a big bruiser and if Tom Gerald tells you to settle down then you know my favorite song for him is let the bodies hit the floor let the bodies hit the floor yeah.
0: I would scream it, but I don't want to break my microphone.
1: <laughs> but I think the devil should really have a theme song. Every time he he hip-checks someone and just ru- ruins the guy's career. So, I mean, the Chelyabinsk Russian native, he's really got a lot going with his career. I know he just got on his honeymoon, and congratulations. Nikita, I really want you to succeed with this team. So, um, with that being said, the Devils got so many young guys from, I have to go back to, uh, evolving hockey, where you got so many kids that are going to become up and coming on ELCs, uh, later this year, where the devils will be like, Hey, it's time to get players. So-and-so, you know, on a contract. Meanwhile, that first guy is going to be Luke Hughes. And we do not need to rush him nor Simon Nemetz, Or I like to say Simon Nemesch back in uh, Slovensko or Slovakia. So
0: you were the first person re- to get it correct. First person to get it correct. Cause they said, exactly. they said Simon Nemesh at the draft. And then that's what everyone was calling him. And then he said, no, my name is Simon Nemetz.
1: That's the English version. That's the, I'm a North American now, but when you're back in Europe, like, I'll say this, my last name is Stanislaw in the States. But when I introduce myself in Polish, I'm Stanislav. But if I'm talking to another Lithuanian, I refer to myself as Stanislav. It's just from my great-grandparents.
0: That's just me talking about the immigrant side. So
1: just a little FYI for the listeners.
0: Okay, so I need to get your opinion on John Marino. What do you what do you think he can bring cuz he doesn't bring much offense.
1: Defense first. If you look at his highlights, he's there to ruin the shooting lane for the shooter. So he's a good shooting lane expert, very good skater, someone who knows what it takes to come up clutch in the most important of times whether it's playing against the teams like the capitals the islanders the rangers you name it he he's lived it and he's gotten to the playoffs he's dealt with being around guys with uh chris Latang, and Latang is more minded so he's had to pair with different guys with the penguins and He's going to be someone who's 25 years old, but he's starting to become uh, more solidified as a young veteran. I know it sounds like an oxymoron, but he's evolving into being that right-handed defenseman who is not a Ben Lovejoy. So let's take it at that where he has a higher ceiling than when Lovejoy was like maybe five, six years later, but the guy could skate. He can be physical. And you want guys who hear you chanting, kill,
0: kill, kill during the games. You want to hear that. And we're going to have to leave it there for today, Joe. So Jersey Joe will be back in tomorrow's episode for part two of our discussion. Hope you guys enjoyed part one. Continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode alongside with Jersey Joe. Thanks for listening once again.